Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and today we're going to dive into the Week 9 matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and the Denver Broncos. We're going to look at the PFF scores, their rankings, the matchups on the field, and see if we can figure out how this game is going to play out on Sunday. To start off, we're going to look at the Falcons' defense and how they match up against this Broncos offense. And yes, I know... Before you start laughing and talking about this Falcons defense and the, how miserable they have been at times this year, I do think it's worth pointing out that since Raheem Morris has taken over, the defense has been playing much better, including some key guys on the defense who started the season off pretty roughly. Deion Jones has improved uh, a good bit over the past three games. Likewise, Keanu Neal looks like he is getting close to being back to the player he was Uh, in his best years uh, in 2016-2017. He has been hitting hard, and he has been covering a lot of the ground on the field. So that improvement is good to see, as well as the improvement we're seeing from some of the young guys. A.J. Terrell, in particular, the uh, first-round draft pick, the corner, he has been improving week over week. And that's really impressive when you consider that these guys didn't have a traditional training camp. These guys didn't have four preseason games in which to cut their teeth. They were thrown essentially right onto the field in the NFL with little time to get prepared for it. In this very strange COVID-impacted season, so the fact that we're getting better productivity from A.J. Terrell right now, and in fact, you know, getting close to good is a great sign for his long-term potential. And This is something I think Falcons fans should cling to as we look towards the new regime, the new GM, the new head coach that come in, that you've got some guys here who are showing that they can be contributors on whatever the roster looks like in 2021 and beyond. It does not require that all 53 guys get blown up. Uh, I think at this point you've got quite a few players on defense that you may want to hang on to. You, You may want to see how they develop under a new coaching staff. And that has contributed to the Falcons doing a much better job holistically on defense, the collapse of the Lions game notwithstanding. Uh, Certainly, the past few games against uh, Carolina, against the Lions, against the Vikings, those have been offenses that have featured uh, relatively decent quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins has been in the league for several years. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a capable starter. Uh, obviously, Matthew Stafford is a very good starter in this league. That's why the matchup coming up on, on Sunday against the Broncos is an interesting one. They're going up against one of the worst-ranked quarterbacks in the league in Drew Locke. You've probably seen the videos of him dancing, lip-syncing on the sideline. Uh, he certainly gets a lot of attention for that. 
the reality is, though, as a passer, he is having a pretty bad season, so I'm not sure where all this hype is coming from for him other than the dancing. Uh, right now, he's completing about 58% of his passes. He's got just under 1,000 yards and four touchdowns and five interceptions, so his, his uh, ratio is a bit upside down there. His uh, quarterback rating is 72, uh, so again, not... Not particularly good, and even his QBR, the ESPN ranking, has him at 41.6, so he is underwater. And as for PFF, he is uh, the 35th out of 36 quarterbacks ranked. He's there. He's he's pretty much at the bottom, and that's going to be a key in this game for the Falcons, especially as we look now towards the guys in front of Drew Locke, that offensive line. Um, They've got a couple of interesting guys on the edges. Uh, left tackle Garrett Bowles. Uh, he is in his fourth year in the league, former first-round draft pick. He has been improving every year, and PFF right now has him ranked as the third best tackle in the league. Um, this guy can pass block very well. He's good in the running game. Uh, so, again, left tackle, they're, they're pretty well set. A familiar name for Falcons fans at right tackle, Damar Dotson. Uh, interesting to note here, you know, he, he was on the injury report um, earlier this week. We'll see if he makes the game. It looks like he probably will. Um, but again, another quality starter on the outside. The interior, though, of the Broncos' offensive line is where the question marks begin to be raised. Um, starting with uh, left guard Dalton Risner. He is uh, a former second-round pick. This is his second year. And right now, he is not playing particularly well, according to PFF. Uh, he is ranked 55th out of 75 uh, guys in pass blocking. Uh, so that is someone that you know, Grady Jarrett's going to probably go after. Uh, their center, uh, rookie Lloyd Cushenberry, who was drafted in the third round out of LSU, a guy that many uh, Falcons fans wanted to see him draft uh, instead of you know maybe Hennessy. And he is having a remarkably miserable rookie season. Um, in total, he is ranked dead last of any center in the league. And his pass blocking grade is nearly at the bottom. It's, uh, it's, it's dreadful. And, you know, again, as I mentioned with rookies before, this is a rough season for these guys to get to cut their teeth. No preseason, no camp. Looks like Cushenberry is really struggling, at least in his rookie year. And right next to him at right guard, the, the, the story doesn't get any better. Austin Schlotman, who was on the injury report earlier this week, um, second year in the league, he has the absolute worst pass blocking grade uh, right now of anyone playing uh, guard in the NFL. So this is looking at these three guys that are slated to be on the inside of the Broncos' offensive line. This is where you look at guys like Grady Jarrett. Um, John Kaminsky, who the Falcons are getting back from the COVID-19 IR list. Uh, these are guys that need to take advantage of that weak interior of the Broncos' offensive line. If you could do that, there's a good chance you can put uh, Drew Locke on his back or force him into errors. Apparently, this is a guy that, uh, you know, his stats show he, he he's just not a good quarterback right now. And that's not to say he can't grow into one. And certainly... Let's not rule out the possibility of the Falcons' defense making him look like an all-pro in this game. But that interior offensive line is going to be uh, the area to watch on the field for the Falcons' defense on Sunday. The receivers for the Broncos, 
Uh, obviously, the, the, the big guy to pay attention to is rookie receiver out of Alabama, Jerry Judy, who was taken in the first round. Um, so far, he's looked pretty good. Uh, obviously, again, you know, a rookie, it's going to be hard for him to contribute at a really high level. Um, but right now, he's got you know, 359 yards uh, and a touchdown on the season. So still building his resume with the team. But again, uh, someone to keep an eye on. He certainly has the, the physical talents to become a, a key player. Um, tight end Noah Fant. Uh, is in his second year. He is a player that is obviously uh, progressing. He is uh, His score with PFF has improved dramatically from year one to year two. He is a player to pay attention to as well. Um, Mick Vanette, also at tight end. Uh, not really a game changer, at least not this year. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that I think showed a lot of promise early on. Just hasn't quite lived up to it at this point. Uh, and then finally, you've got uh, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, wide receiver. In his third year, he's not moving the needle. Um, and this receiving core for Drew Locke is, honestly, they're, they're sort of mediocre. And they've got potential. Jerry Judy absolutely could turn into a really, really good receiver in this league. Uh, obviously, the Falcons have two former receivers out of Alabama. He's got a good pedigree there. Um, but right now, other than that, this is not a receiving core that I think is going to absolutely terrorize this Falcons secondary. And Drew Locke is not a quarterback that I think is going to terrorize this Falcons secondary. That said, the Falcons do have their issues. Obviously, I mentioned A.J. Terrell playing pretty well uh, as a young guy, and he is improving game after game. Uh, great to see his development. Isaiah Oliver, I, I think for all of the negativity around him. He has actually been improving, you know, incrementally uh, throughout the season. He's only ranked 45th out of 117 corners in the league. He's got a 61.7 grade right now per PFF. Again, I, I feel like there is a tremendous amount of hatred for this guy. Granted, he gets a lot, a lot of his score is being bolstered by his run defense, which is graded, you know, really well. And his pass rush, which is, which is graded really well. Not necessarily what you're looking for in a cornerback. His coverage grade is still a bit of a struggle. Um, so Oliver is, is a guy that I think, you know, could be taken advantage of a little bit if we're looking at that in this game. Um, and then veter the veteran, uh, Bleeder Ray Wilson, um, who is, you know, he's been hit or miss at times. I think he's having a little bit of a down year, uh, but he's, he's mostly reliable. And the name to pay attention to as well is Darquez Denard. They brought him back. Uh, it looks like he might be a go for Sunday. Uh, and if he's in there, the, the quality of the cornerback play should be up dramatically. He was uh, inarguably having the best season of any of the corners on the Falcons' defense. Um, going into the, the, the back half of the defense with the, uh, the safeties, Ricardo Allen still struggling this year. And honestly, with the fact that the new coaching staff is coming in, uh, Rico is, you know, he's getting up there. He's getting close to 30. He's had that, you know, the Achilles injury that may have been part of his problem that's holding back his performance. This may be his last hooray in, in Atlanta. You know, the cap hit next year, they're going to need to make some tough choices. And the way he's playing right now, he, he just simply isn't justifying a long-term position on this roster. We'll see how it plays out. A new coaching staff may come in with fresh eyes and disagree with that. But right now, he's not earning that paycheck. Uh, Keanu Neal, on the other hand, has been playing much better the past three weeks. Uh, for two weeks in a row, he, he earned a grade of 75 or higher uh, by PFF. So clearly his performance has been a lot more of what we've expected from him. We've seen the big hits. We've seen the big plays. 
Um, he could be in a, a, a big factor in this game. You know, the fact that Fant, uh, Noah Fant, the tight end, is one of the uh, uh, the weapons that Locke is going to look towards. Neil is probably going to have to do better in coverage. Uh, he's been much better in run support. Um, but hopefully he can return to his days when he was uh, doing all of it for the Falcons. Um, finally, the running backs for the Broncos. You, you've got a little bit of a running back by committee, even though the, the big name on this list, uh, Melvin Gordon, was certainly a bell cow back when he was with the Chargers. Um, Gordon is p- playing pretty well. He's averaging you know 4.2 yards per carry, roughly 63 yards per game, about 15 carries per game. So, uh, you know, he's he's getting the kind of productivity you'd want if you're in a rotation. I'm not sure that that's what they were looking for from him. And he is sharing snaps right now with Philip Lindsay, who is having another really solid season, 6.4 yards per carry. He's averaging uh, 71 yards per game on fewer carries. So, again, this is a guy that, uh, you know, I think has continually outperformed uh, where people thought he would be. Uh, and, and if you've got him in fantasy, you're probably uh, doing fairly well with him right now. Uh, so these are two guys that are highly productive between the two of them. You know, they're, they're giving the Broncos over 130 yards on the ground per, per game. Uh, the Falcons have done well against the run this year for the most part. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting matchup. If, again, looking at that Broncos offense and looking at how uh, they are put together, with uh, Drew Locke and sort of this subpar collection of receivers, it's really going to come down to this running game. It's going to come down to the interior of that Broncos offensive line. As I see it, the game changer here, as always, is Grady Jarrett. Uh, He has still been one of the best defensive tackles in the league. He is an absolute game wrecker up the middle. Um, And given the guys he is going against on Sunday afternoon. I believe Jarrett's going to have a big game. Big game. I think he's going to terrorize Drew Locke up the middle. I think he's going to be the differentiator for the Falcons' defense on Sunday. Will the running game get going? That's probably going to be their best defense against uh, Grady Jarrett. Um, the other name to pay attention to that I think could be a big wild card in this game is John Kaminsky. They brought him onto this roster to be a nickel uh, interior rusher. And he has shown flashes of being able to do that this season. Really excited about his long-term potential. This could be a game where he gets that confidence boost because he's going up against some guys that are really struggling in the in pass blocking. Uh, so he's a name to pay attention to on Sunday. Right now, if you were going to ask me which of these groups I would favor, this may be the last time I say this for the remainder of the 2020 season, but this matchup actually looks good for the Falcons' defense. Uh, I'm going to give them the slight nod here under the belief that Grady Jarrett is going to be in the backfield all day long and he's going to make Drew Locke regret that he showed up for the game. So we're going to talk about how this Falcons offense matches up against the Broncos defense. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's 
magical. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. We are looking at the stats and the rankings uh, for the players in the upcoming Falcons versus Broncos game. Week 9 in the NFL. The Broncos 3-4, and four, Falcons 2-6. and six. Let's talk now about how the Falcons offense is going to match up against this actually pretty good Broncos defense. Uh, these guys have played pretty well this year. They've got some really good players that the Falcons do need to be a little bit concerned about. Let's dive into it. Uh, let's start with the pass rush because obviously it's all about the interior. It's about the trenches. And right now the Broncos have two guys with over five sacks. On one side with five and a half sacks, you've got uh, former first-round pick Bradley Chubb. Uh, he is a guy that, you know, first few years showed some flashes. This is the year where it looks like that is finally coming to fruition. His third year in the league, five and a half sacks. He has been a bit of a game wrecker for the Broncos, turning into the player that they hoped he would be. On the other side, um, Malik Reed in his second year has five sacks. Um, he, is, he has been another player that is helping to bolster this Broncos defense. Here's the thing, though. Those guys are going to be facing uh, Jake Matthews and Caleb McGarry. And Jake Matthews right now, even though his ranking is you know 41st out of 74 uh, for tackles in the league, his pass blocking grade is a 77.9. So he's actually doing a fairly good job of keeping Matt Ryan clean. And on the other side, Caleb McGarry, honestly, is the bigger story for this Falcons offensive line. Um, he actually ranks higher. He's ranked 33rd out of 74 tackles in his second year. He has taken a big leap forward in year two. Year one was a, was difficult. And granted, he missed a good bit of you know his uh, training camp uh, with the heart surgery he had to have. And right now, though, he is just playing really good football, especially the past several weeks. Him and Chris Lindstrom, the two first-round picks from last year, are really beginning to deliver on the potential that the Falcons drafted them for. So these are the two guys that are going to go up against Chubb and Reed. And honestly, this one's hard to call. Uh, Chubb and Reed are, are good pass rushers. At least they're showing that so far. Um, but Matthews and McGarry are also good pass blockers. So this one feels a bit like a push. Now, the interior of the Broncos defensive line is not quite as good. Uh, in the middle, you've got uh, Deshaun Williams, who is a quality player. Uh, he is you know, one of those guys who's you know, he's a little bit undersized to be sort of in nose in the, in the middle of that defensive line. Uh, but he's playing well in his second year. Likewise, uh, next to him, Draymond Jones in his second year, eh, just sort of a marginal player, not really getting it done across the board, former third-round pick, um, just sort of mediocre in run defense and, and in the pass rush. And finally, Demarcus Walker in his fourth year. His first two years in the league were, looked really promising. The last two have been less so. He is still a really good run defender, doesn't get a lot done in the pass rush. So looking at the trenches, we have to go look at the Falcons' offensive line on the interior. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Chris Lindstrom at right guard has been playing fantastic football the past several weeks. He has been uh, a considerable uh, joy to watch in both pass blocking and the run game. He plays with a bit of an edge, uh, which I think we've missed on uh, the Falcons' offensive line, maybe arguably going back to the Harvey Dahl days or when Joe Hawley was last uh, wearing the black and red. 
Um, next to him, Alex Mack, for as good as he has been in his time in Atlanta, uh, this is one of his worst seasons, at least by PFF grade. Uh, it actually is his worst season so far. Um, that's not to say that he's bad. He's ranked 22nd out of 38. He's got a 64.9 overall score, which sorts of you know, sort of puts him you know average, maybe slightly below average. Um, and, and honestly, I think we see that in his level of play. Some of that, honestly, comes down to the fact that Mac is really made as more of a you know a guy that likes to get out in the running game and and to get to the second level, and that's not the kind of running game that Dirk Cutter is calling, unfortunately. Um, and that's probably holding Alex Mack back from his, his highest potential. And that and the guy is almost 35 years old. He actually turns 35 this month, um, clearly in the waning days of his career, unfortunately. Um, you do have to wonder if the Falcons, maybe towards the end of the season, start thinking about giving Matt Hennessy some snaps to see if he's going to be able to uh, you know, make some contributions and what he's going to look like in into the future since they drafted him to be the heir apparent to Alex Mack. Um, finally, left guard, still an issue. James Carpenter, still not good. He has been acceptable in pass blocking. He's been pretty bad in run blocking. Um, and honestly, he's going to be 32 next year. I'll be surprised if he makes the roster next year. Right now, there's the Falcons could look towards Matt Gono. It's They tried it in uh, camp this year, but Apparently, they don't want to roll forward with that. They're fine with what Carpenter is doing right now. He is clearly the weakest link here. Don't be surprised if the Broncos try to run some stunts and to take advantage of Carpenter and Mack on the interior because Matthews and McGarry are playing so well. Uh, all in all, though, this, this feels like a push. The Broncos could do some damage. Um, Matthews does occasionally give up the pressure on the edge, and Chubb is a player that's playing really well right now. So, again, the trenches are going to be a big factor here. Matt Ryan, for all of the flack that he has gotten this year, he is actually on pace for a really, really solid season. Um, He just has the four interceptions, which certainly (laughs) Falcons fans uh, who don't like him are more than happy to point out. Uh, But he's got 12 touchdowns, uh, 2,400 yards. He's on pace for uh, almost for over 4,900 yards in the season, 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Um, His rating of 97.6 is pretty good. His QBR from ESPN, 75.8. Ryan is having a good year. It may not be a stellar year. It may not put him in the top three or top four, but he's easily a top 10 quarterback right now. So all of the screaming about finding another quarterback, finding another quarterback, uh, honestly, the, the problem with the Falcons is not Matt Ryan. He is playing good football, and he's actually been playing better football as of late. Uh, the question is going to be, who is he going to have to give the ball to? Julio Jones, for the first time in a long time, did not show up on the injury report this week, which is fantastic news. Jones, honestly, is going to be the key here because right now, based on the injury reports, it looks like Calvin Ridley, with that foot injury, uh, is probably not going to make the game. He hasn't practiced yet. We don't have the news as of this recording on Friday yet. Um, But my guess is he will miss this uh, upcoming game and hopefully be back for the Week 10 matchup. So Jones, by himself, obviously, can do a ton of damage. Um, the question, though, is who is he going to face? Because right now, uh, the Broncos have two corners that are just really, really good. They've got A.J. Bouye, uh, who is you know, arguably their, their top corner. 
Although you can make a strong case that Bryce Callahan on the opposite side is actually the better player right now. He is ranked second of all corners in the league um, by PFF. And while Callahan started the week on the uh, practice list as not participating, um, as well as Bouye, he did practice on Thursday, which would indicate he is probably going to be back in the game on Sunday. Um, Bouye, however, did not practice on Thursday. Again, we'll have to see if he's able to make Friday's practice. And if he does, there's probably going to be a good chance he makes the game. If not, that could be a big advantage for the Falcons who are going to be potentially down the receiver. Now, obviously, if Ridley is in the game, he is going to be a game changer. He has been phenomenal in his third season. Uh, He leads the the Falcons right now in receiving. And he's going to be a guy that could take advantage of a backup corner. Uh, either him or Julio. And that has sort of been the trick this year. The Falcons have been at their best when they've had both guys on the field. They force the uh, opposing defense to have to commit just one guy to one of them. And right now, if we don't have Ridley, look for Russell Gage, Christian Blake, those guys to get you know those snaps. Uh, they are clearly not the same caliber of Ridley. Although Gage has been phenomenal in his third year as sort of that third wide receiver on this roster, um, so th- this is something to watch. This could actually, you know, tilt the scale one way or the other towards the Falcons, towards the Broncos, depending on who is in, who is out. Obviously, injuries in the NFL are something you have to deal with. But this particular matchup could be critical. The Falcons' offense goes through the passing game. They are not uh, a run-focused team with Dirk Cutter, clearly. So right now, based on these injuries where they're trending, the Falcons... They do have Julio, and that's always going to be a game changer. But they've also got Callahan, and he is a phenomenal corner. And this one feels like a push, at least, you know, corners against wide receivers. Hayden Hurst, he's going to have to be a factor in this game. He's a guy that has sort of been hit and miss for the Falcons this year, which is understandable because he obviously didn't have a camp with Matt Ryan. It's his first year with the team. It takes some time to develop that chemistry with your quarterback. When he has gotten opportunities, he's looked the part. He looks like a a lot more athletic tight end than what we had in Austin Hooper. Um, And when he's gotten those shots, he looks like a guy that has a big catch radius. That's going to be important because the Broncos have some coverage weaknesses at linebacker and at safety. Uh, Their linebackers, uh, Alexander Johnson on one side, uh, you know, he's he's a decent player. He's in his second year in the league. you know, last year was third, ranked third of all uh, PFF linebackers. This year, 14th, so still play, playing pretty well. Um, likewise, next to him, uh, Josie Jewell, uh, <laughs> third year in the league, uh, fourth former fourth-round pick. He's 40th out of 85 linebackers uh, and actually, you know, sort of in that same range for coverage. So that's someone that, you know, if Hurst gets some matchups against him, he could potentially take advantage of. But really, it comes down to the safeties. Uh, Kareem Jackson, a veteran in this league, former first-round pick out of Alabama. Uh, he is ranked 22nd by PFF and uh, honestly is better against the run than he is in coverage. Uh, he's, his coverage score is sort of mediocre at best. Uh, and finally, Justin Simmons in his uh, fifth year in the league. Quality player, really, again, better against the run, although his coverage grade is you know, 72.9, 12th out of uh, 84 safety, so uh, certainly nothing to scoff at. Uh, Hurst will have a bit of a you know a time here. So uh, if he's going to contribute, he's going to have to take advantage of some key matchups if he if he can get them. 
Um, finally, if we look at the running backs, obviously Todd Gurley. Uh, this feels like a game, again, where that interior of the Broncos' defensive line, if they're going to get it going, that's, that's an opportunity there. Um, Gurley obviously likes to kick it to the outside. I don't see him being a big contributor to this game because, this is again, this is a, a fairly good Broncos defense. And that is how this one's playing out, guys. The, the Falcons offense has the players. They have the talent. Uh, but missing Ridley could be a big, big factor in this game. Obviously, Julio can still get it done by himself. But if they can commit to keeping him in double coverage the entire game, Ryan's going to have to drop down to someone like Russell Gage or someone like Christian Blake, or Alameda Zacchaeus. Uh, and they just simply are not on the same level as Calvin Ridley. And, you know, that's where the matchup is, is going to be made in this game. So the interior feels like a push. Uh, the wide receivers feel like a push. And I, I don't know that Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley have done enough this year for us to give them the nod. So right now, this feels like a complete toss-up. The Falcons' offense could accomplish something, but at the same time, this Broncos' defense is legitimate. So for having to call this particular matchup, this feels like a push. The injuries here are the big factor. If Calvin Ridley plays, and right now he is being listed as questionable for the game, which doesn't rule him out. And of course, A.J. Bouye for the Broncos. If either one of these guys doesn't make the game, it's going to change the complexion. So for now, consider this one a really close push and ultimately slightly favoring Atlanta if Calvin Ridley can play. So the question is, how is this one going to play out on Sunday? Well, here's how I see it. Drew Locke, not going to be a great quarterback in this game. I believe Grady Jarrett's going to apply a lot of pressure. I believe that the Falcons' corners have been playing better. I don't necessarily think they're going to have a shutdown game, but I don't see Denver putting up a ton of points. That said, my faith in Dirk Cutter is waning, uh, honestly, if it's never been there. And right now, the Falcons need their passing game to get going, and this is a pretty good Broncos secondary with Callahan. Again, if A.J. Bouye misses, that's a a big downgrade on one of the corners, and that could be the factor in this game. And that feels like what we need to watch out for. So right now I'm going to give the Falcons just a little bit of an edge on the belief that their defense can have their best game of the year. Maybe the last time we'll say that, again, from any predictions. And I believe the Falcons' offense will be able to do just enough to squeeze out a win. I'm going to go with a prediction of 17-14. Falcons win on the road, go to 3-6 on the season. We will be back on Sunday after the game. Evan Birchfield will join me for the post-game podcast as we recap what actually happens in the Broncos versus Falcons game. As for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates on this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And, of course, our articles daily at TheFalcoholic.com. This is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. Talk with you next time.